good morning, you all, and welcome to Mike and Mary with Mondays. Is that right? <laughs> Must be Monday. Oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night. It's Mondays with Mike and Mary. Thank you all for joining us here in the podcast. We get to uh, go back to our most recent coaching calls and pick out some highlights for you in hopes that it'll help you in your business. So thanks for listening, and please share this with your friends. We like to each select... Uh, a favorite parade of techniques and a favorite ask the experts. So Mary, you're up first this morning with your parade of techniques. I think so. And mine is uh, kind of a back to the basics parade of techniques. You know, I think sometimes we can get away from doing the things that are going to generate listings for us because uh, it's kind of old school and, uh, you know, I don't know if that's really working. So I've got a student who has been sending out full size or full color jumbo postcards every single time she gets a listing and she sends it to 200 houses and it costs her 100 bucks uh-huh. cuz she's got a partnership with a um a mortgage or a title or whatever company that helps pay for that so really that's pretty reasonable that's about how much postage costs well that's true too she's been doing it for 2 years uh-huh. and uh last week she got three listings, call-in listings from the postcards. Cumulative, not from all from one mailing, but it's the same people that she's been sending it to. I think sometimes we forget to do the basics. What's the return on investment there? Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, Avogadro's. Wow. What does that mean? That's the largest number you can think of. Oh, all right. Do you have a parade of techniques today? <laughs> of course I do. Okay. Yeah, and it's kind of two-sided, and it's about using an auto-dialer. And the first parade of techniques is use one okay. because you spend more time having conversations than you do punching numbers and looking up numbers and stuff like that. The auto-dialer is a great time saver, and it's a great increaser of conversations. makes life simpler for you. But the real parade of techniques is make sure before you use an auto dialer is you go into settings and program it to use your number so that when the call goes through, your number, your name shows up on the person's caller ID, not a robocaller looking number. Because then people will automatically dismiss it. So I thought that was a really good reminder to use the settings function on your auto dialer so that it looks personal rather than a robo dial. I like it. Yeah. Thank you for that. How about ask the experts, Mayor? Well, I have a student who's got some listings that are selling and good for her, the sellers are going to buy a house as well. Yippee. So here was the question. How do I, you know, I really love listings. I'm in control of my time. Now, all of a sudden, I find myself with these buyers. How am I going to control my time with these buyers? So they're not calling me in the middle of the night. They're not expecting me to bolt and go show them one house at a time for the next few weeks. How do I pass them off to someone, to someone else to sell them the house without making them feel like I just handed it off to someone randomly? Uh-huh. And she got some great advice. I think the overwhelming um, message was, you don't need to hand them off, although you can. It's okay if you want to build a team, have some people that you really trust, that you've trained, that are going to do it the right way. 
and you can do that. Um, but the key is to stay in the transaction. I think the best advice she got was pay for uh, someone to open the door. $25 a door yeah. to show the house. Yeah. Maybe 50 bucks an hour, whichever is less. And then you are the negotiator. So you have to come up with a little dialogue during your CETO. And when you list the house might not be the time because they're receiving all kinds of other information. But when you really sit down and do a CETO with your seller, explain that your job is to represent them and to negotiate on their behalf and to write up the contract for them. But opening the door, that's not your job. That anybody can do. And and here's the little springboard that came out of that. Because we've talked about that idea before. Sure. But here's the, the uniqueness that came out of it. Um, what if you offered to go look at the house with your camera on for them? And one of my students said, I can run through a house, take a video of that house in less than 10 minutes. And now instead of standing there showing them the house, I can send them a little YouTube video that took me eight minutes to make, took me five minutes to drive or 10 minutes to drive there and back. And that saved me a whole ton of time rather than booking a showing appointment and then standing in the living room with them while they discuss it for 15 minutes. So great little time saver to do a little YouTube video with your monologue as you're walking, approaching the house, running through the house, etc. So I like that idea. A virtual showing. A virtual YouTube showing. That keeps the agent at the center of the transaction, at the center of the relationship, and not the technology at the center of the relationship. That's what I said. Very smart. But yeah. you said it very succinctly. Now, Thank what you. if... The only buyers you ever worked with were people whose listings you had just sold. Oh, man. That's called having motivated buyers. That's a <laughs> listing agent. Yeah, that's you the know? beauty of being a listing agent. That's right. Yeah, I like the showing agent concept. And you stay at the center of the relationship because you're at the front and the back end of the, that buyer experience. Yeah, I, I may have said this before, but one of one of my students just sold a house that's two hours away, and she is the selling agent. She's getting all the commission. She paid to have somebody open the door for the buyer who drove there by themselves, yeah, and then lock the door again. And after the buyers left, no, uh, no they were still in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lock them in. Oh, that's another technique. <laughs> oh, stop it. All right. So, what have you got today? Well, you know when you get an Ask the Experts question and you can't wait for your turn? Yeah, oh yeah. Because <laughs> you've got the answer. This is, I love this team because they always come up with the right answers. They're all so Wickmanized. I just love it. This was a situation where a co-broke who had a listing offered a $300 bonus or $3,000 bonus to the agent who brought an offer that was accepted. And... One of our folks did that, brought the buyer in, the offer was accepted, and he was expecting a $3,000 check at closing. Well, when, when the offer was brought in, the listing agent who was offering this bonus said, because your offer is lower, that $3,000 bonus is off the table. Oh, Verbally. Now, this was offered in multiple listings. So the question was, what do I do about this? Because wow. closing has come and gone. 
I haven't gotten a check. This isn't right. What do I do about this? Well, of course, most of the advice centered around this, this is an issue that needs to be settled at the board level, at the multiple listing service level, because it's an ethical complaint. Uh, obviously, you need to send a demand letter from your broker in charge to that agent's broker in charge, because commissions have to be paid through the brokerage right. and bonuses as well. And in this particular state, commission can't be part of any negotiation, any contract. Oh, wait a minute. So it wasn't an option to put that uh -uh. in the contract? It was not. Okay. Yeah. And and I love what our agent said. You know, I, I never put my interests ahead of the, the transaction. Ooh, that's a line. That's That's very powerful. Yeah. I like it. But the... The best piece of advice was you got to stop this guy. You got to do some forensics. Dig through the past, his past transactions, and see if he's done this before. Ooh. So that when you take this complaint to the board, to the ethics committee, there's a history there of him baiting and switching. Because that's really what it is it's mm. a bait and switch. Mm. But of course, what's the Wickman advice? And you know what it is. And I didn't even have to say it. Stop offering bonuses and raise the commission. Raising the commission 1% gives a half percent to the Cobroke and a half percent to you. We've said this before. You want to raise your, your profit per transaction like dramatically? It's a half a percent per listing. That's all it is. And how do we get an extra percent? on most of our listings. Uh, that would be ask. Yeah. Oh. Give them a good reason why. You know, especially if they're asking you to go above and beyond with either a higher price or a quicker sale or some unusual request that isn't just normal. You always ask for 1% more. And some of the time you'll get it just by asking. We were just celebrating Herb Miller's life this past uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, those of you that missed the funeral, we tried to represent you well. His Wickman family was there in full force. Oh, yeah. Five Get By Giving Award winners attending Herb's funeral. And that's not counting Herb, who was also there. Yeah. Um, and, but anyway, it gave us a time to spend some time with our family. You know, that's part of that mourning process, too. And here's what I heard. Oh, no one in my market can even believe I always get 7%. Right. You know, great way to give yourself a raise. Thanks for bringing that up. And not just give yourself a raise, but if you've got a listing that's sitting there, not getting showings or getting offers, this is a way to stimulate co-broke interest in showing your listings. We owe it to our sellers to do that. Well, we haven't really needed to do that lately, but ah, the times, they are a-changing. Now, if you like these podcasts and you're interested in uh, getting in a limo with Floyd and going to dinner. Holy cow. All you have to do is share this podcast on social media and tag us so we know that you have. You'll be entered into a drawing for a champagne limo ride with Floyd himself. Dinner. That's one of the nights at the business breakthrough. We'll, we'll pick the winner just before. And boy, I can't think of a more fun thing to do in November in Ann Arbor. Do we get to go? We'll see if there's room. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we're putting a group together and we probably won't get to go, but I think it's really neat to have prizes along yeah. the way. So this is the prize we came up with for you helping promote the podcast. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you.